Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hey, at least Kasperi Kapanen broke out, right? I mean, accentuate the positive in life, people. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates. Where you found this. The Penguins are back in action tomorrow night in Chicago where things are just going swimmingly for the Blackhawks on and off the ice. And the Penguins in the interim will have to shake off a really, really, really lousy couple of minutes the other night in losing to the Wild 5-4 to four in a shootout because there's nothing about that game that should have wound up a negative. Not one thing. I'm going to start with this point before I get to Kapanen and why his breakout matters maybe more than it might be obvious. It doesn't matter what level of talent you have on your team meaning injuries, depth guys, whatever, when it comes to protecting a late two-goal lead. In fact, I could argue that you as a coach and a coaching staff have an easier time protecting that lead with guys who don't think of themselves as super fancy hockey players, you know? but rather guys who think of themselves as pluggers, as bang it off the window and get it out type of guys. The Penguins were not responsible in those last three minutes. They certainly weren't responsible in those last three seconds. How, how do you get an open shot in that situation? I mean, there's only so much ice you even need to cover realistically, with that little time left. There can't be, there can't be a person uncovered at that spot of the rink where Ryan Hartman scored from. That just, that can't happen. That's a lapse and a half. And I wasn't crazy about some of Todd Reardon's line choices and defense pairings down the the end, but I'm not going to blame a coach 
uh, much less an, an interim coach who hasn't been rotating forward lines in a long time, when the players on the rink blew this and they've blown other late situations. And, oh, while I'm at it, before I do get to the Kapanen thing, which I will, it wouldn't kill Tristan Jari to get better at shootouts. He was terrific in this game through regulation and overtime for that matter. I didn't see any of the goals realistically as being his fault, including the last two. But when you've given up five goals on seven shootout attempts, you're just flailing. You have no idea what you're doing. And he looked good, I thought, on Freddie Goudreau's backhand, or that might be because he knew Freddie's moves from when Freddie was here. After that, it was just laughably easy. Kirill Kaprizov just flipped one over him. It was something that you would see like an international soccer player do to a goalkeeper who had no clue what he was doing. Embarrassing, really. I understand. I'll say it again. He was really, really good with the actual hockey that was played. But shootouts can either get you points or cost you points. And when you're going against a Western Conference team, you want to take that extra point. You know, you don't care if they get one. You could still survive that evening and not have a single regret if you can pull out that shootout. But, but, I digress. Positive, positive. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania, and they in turn need your help. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out how $1 from you is all it takes to produce five full meals for those in need. pittsburghfoodbank.org So yeah, so Kapanen had a hat trick. Did you hear about that too? He did. He also shot the puck. Had a really nice finish on his first goal, in tight, nice move. Blasted one coming down the right side like Guy Lafleur for the second one. Blasted another one from the left side with a couple of screens in front. Got a friendly bounce, unlike all the other bounces he'd been getting, and he, he let it rip. In parentheses, he also could have had a better shootout than whatever that lame little slide along the ice five-hole attempt was from 35 feet, end parentheses, the hat trick is going to help Kapanen, I believe, not just in the near-term future, but over the course of the season. And here's why. If he scores one goal and he has that big emotional reaction that you saw when Jason Zucker came over and and pretty much slammed him into the glass because he looked almost as excited as Kapanen. He was the, the guy who made the pass. He's also a linemate, also a really good guy, Zucker. So you can imagine that that's, that's genuine. And you see that excitement, and you think, all right, he's off the schneid. That's it. Now Kapanen can go on to you know, score you know, goals like normal at his normal pace. Here's why the hat trick mattered. I had a talk with Kapanen 
during the preseason, one-on-one, it was after one of those exhibition games in which he looked really dominant and looked like he was ready to have a you know, breakout year. You know, finally top 20 goals. Finally get his first hat trick, for that matter. Well, he did that. He did that. What can happen to you at any position in professional sports that's numbers-reliant, where you're gauged mostly, not necessarily by your coaches, but on the outside, by how you fulfill those numbers is the athlete can really get down on themselves if they look like they've lost hope of attaining the pace that they'd wanted to have. I know from talking to Kapanen that he was looking to have a career year. He was tired of hearing about, you know, how he underachieved in Toronto when he felt, and rightly so, that he didn't get the opportunity there. He wasn't on power plays. He wasn't on the top two lines because he was playing behind Mitch Marner and William Nylander. And so he enters this season knowing no Sid, no Geno. He's going to play a lot. He's going to be on the power play. He has to be on the power play. And he wanted to have a certain level of numbers. He didn't give me one, but it was going to be more than zero. (laughs) It was going to be more than 20, to be serious. He sees himself, and with that release that he has, with all of his different weapons to finish that he has, That should be his expectation. He's the fastest player on this roster. Did you know that? The coaches will tell you that. Faster than Brian Rust. He has everything. But if he were to start getting down on himself, it was only going to get worse. So the reason that three goals matters more than one is that If you think back to it, the Penguins still aren't even an eighth of the way through this season. They've played 10 games. So if you take eight times three, he's already at 24 goals, which would be a career high. So he can build off that. He doesn't have to worry about being hopelessly behind or worrying that, hey, maybe this is just the player that I am and I'll never have a breakthrough or things like that. I'm sharing this with you because this is stuff that the players would never, ever say publicly. It just sounds so bad, but it's very real. It's not unique to Kapanen. It's not unique to the Penguins. It's not unique to hockey. It's a real thing. This hat trick mattered arguably more than anything else that happened that night. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. That's brought to you always on this program by Fubo TV, the monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels including AT&T Sportsnet. And right now Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a 7-day free trial and 
15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DK. Our J1Q comes from Preston, who asks, Hey, Dan, if the Penguins don't win a cup for the remainder of Sidney Crosby's career, do you think Mike Sullivan is still the coach? Personally, I think he'd be a great coach to transition us to the new era in five years or so. Obviously, he'd have to keep making the playoffs and avoid the team going south. Do you think he can break the trend of Penguins head coaches? You didn't explain the latter part of that, what you mean by the trend. I will assume that you're referring to the trend of all NHL head coaches. It's the most fickle occupation in professional sports. There's nothing that compares to it. And the reason for that, as I've maintained for years now, is that hockey is the one sport where everyone just openly and casually cites or blames effort as to why they win or lose. I very rarely agree with that assessment in either direction when it's brought up, but everyone brings it up. Why'd you lose? Why didn't you score? What happened at the end? It's always about effort. It's always about how we didn't try hard enough. Here, this was Kapanen himself the other night, sounding borderline depressed after his hat trick and that outcome. Like I said, we just need to be better. I mean, there's not much to say to that question. I'm not trying to be be rude or, or short. It's just a fact. You can't, I understand if you let one in, but two is is something that, you know, a good team can't be doing, and that's what we are. And so uh, we just have to learn from that. You heard the man. What do they have to do? Have to Just have to be better. Just have to try harder. Well, not always. Sometimes you're just not doing the right thing, or the strategy isn't right, or the personnel distribution isn't right, or so-and-so is just having a really rotten day, and it's not working out for him on the ice. But it's not always effort. The problem for coaches, with effort being mentioned all the time, is that everyone thinks that the solution to every problem that every hockey team has is to fire the coach, because the next guy will come in and give them that big, magical jolt. It doesn't always happen that way. I could see where we think it does in Pittsburgh, those of you who go back will remember when the late, great Herb Brooks took over for Kevin Constantine. Constantine had this defensive system, uh, was really, really uh, discipline-oriented. Herbie comes in and just says, I just want you to skate. And he skated the living crap out of these guys. Just was totally convinced that they were out of shape because Constantine had them playing static, boring, retreating hockey and Herbie just wanted them to fly all over the rink the way the 1980 Miracle on Ice team did against the Russians. He wanted them to be, no, he demanded that they be in optimal condition, just as he did of those young Americans against the Soviets. And that ended up paying off, obviously, at Lake Placid. And the night that Herbie took over for Constantine, it was a game against the Capitals at the Civic Arena that I covered, and 
The Penguins won this game 5 to nothing, and that does not come close to describing what a blowout that was and the fun that was being had by those players. And we remember stuff like that, and we remember when Mike Sullivan took over for Mike Johnston, and it was a similar situation. Johnston was... Uh, he, he wasn't Constantine, but he was very careful, very rigid uh, in the things that he wanted from his players. And it was more with him about them fitting his system than him coaching up the players that he had. So they also couldn't quietly wait for him to be gone. Sully comes in, they lose their first game, but then after that they went on a roll and... It was it was a sight to see, and we remember that later that season, after everything had looked so lost for the first couple of weeks, they win the Stanley freaking Cup. So GMs all around the league see this, and it's part of the culture. It's okay. In fact, unlike other sports, GMs can get away with firing multiple coaches. In another sport, you basically get one of your own choices, meaning you can inherit somebody else's coach or manager in football or baseball, but you get rid of them and you get one of your own guys. After that, all the attention starts turning to you. It doesn't work that way in hockey. Hockey, everybody's hired to be constantly fired. The Penguins have an extraordinary coach to attempt to answer your actual question. I believe that Mike Sullivan not only could be here well into the future, I believe that he should be. I don't believe the Penguins are going to find a better coach somewhere than this guy. I would like to see Sullivan be one of those individuals who changes the perception around the league of the value of coaches instead of just using them to end a five-game losing streak. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. Let's do another one tomorrow when the team heads to Chicago where, guess what? The Blackhawks just fired their coach. 